Today on Rogue Padron, Borlaeus Patrol, two new rogues, secrets revealed, and meet the Provisional Council. And some rogue music. And then, <laughs> you know. Danny, this week, don't put the music in. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just, just leave Meg thing and some rogue music. <laughs> That'd be so mean. I guess I'll we'll have to wait and see how much I like you when I'm editing this podcast. <laughs> this is Rogue Leader. All wings report in. Rogue 6, standing by. Rogue 7, standing by. Rogue 3, standing by. Welcome to Season 2, Mission 2 of Rogue Padron. Just a quick reminder of your hosts. We have Rogue 6, Danny, who's hoping that all the human pilots will be placed by alien ones. I would be okay with that. And we have Rogue 3, Heath, who's crossing his fingers for an intimate Tycho Wedge pillow talk scene. That would be great. (laughs) Rogue 7, Sav, is wondering when a blue lady with a thick waist will appear. Heck yeah, I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Meg, Rogue Leader, hoping that I correctly remember what happens in this book. <laughs> <laughs> so today we'll be talking about chapters one through four of X-Wing Wedges Gamble. But before that, Danny has a question about Rogue One. Yes, I do. Speaking of blue ladies with thick waists, I have a question for you. I'm into this. What? So we've speculated about a lot of different characters that we could maybe see in Rogue One, but one very prevalent in <laughs> Heath. <laughs> one very prevalent in Heath. I'm in, the mo- I'm in the mood here. Come on. Go on, go on. I'll mute myself. One very prevalent individual during this time period is Darth Vader. Do we want to see him? Do we not want to see him? What would that look like in our brains? It doesn't look like a blue lady with a thick waist, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> no, that. That is not what it looks like. You never know. So Maybe he went he through like, a weird... Was it underneath? That would be that would be pretty cool. Because yeah. we totally don't know what's under Vader's mask at all. I want to see him. I want it to be brief. I don't want him to be like the main villain of the film. Mm-hmm. It would be weird for a movie set in that time period about that plot device to not include Vader in some way. I'm hoping it's just, like, a hologram or, like, he shows up to the battlefield and, like, directs some troops quickly or something like that, but... Don't you think people would feel cheated, though, if Darth Vader, like, Darth freaking Vader, who's, like, the guy, right? Like, I don't really actually care that much about Darth Vader, but a lot of people do, especially, like... (laughs) So, don't you think that they'd feel a little gypped if Darth Vader showed up in a hologram and then that was it? Not right, if ha- they, not if they don't frame it to where like Darth Vader's the big bad. Like I know we talked about Tarkin showing up in Rogue One, um, and we said no to creepy like uh, <laughs> bringing him back from the dead. But like as a hologram or like name dropping, it was like an okay idea um, because like again, like with Darth Vader, how can you be talking about the Death Star plans and not include the people who are basically building the Death Star? Um, 
So it really depends on what like the plot is. Like if they sneak aboard like a half finished Death Star, then like yeah, I imagine you see Vader in some hallways doing some stuff. But I don't necessarily yeah, like he said or <laughs> see like directing I- the painting of the hallways. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I asked for charcoal gray. This is clearly not charcoal gray. <laughs> and um, at some at some point they have to just stop leaning on that crutch of like, oh, we need a villain. Here's Vader again. And I mean, I don't think I don't think people would feel any less cheated than they do when they like watch an episode of Rebels that Leia is in, but she's not like the main character and isn't in the whole se- series. You know, mm-hmm. she just like pops up briefly. Yeah, or even Vader in Rebels, right? Like, right. Yeah, he's, he's only like, been yeah. in a couple things. One was just like a one-liner, and he was out. Um, like he hasn't really done much. But, like, you know he's there in the background, and you know that, like, oh, they gotta be careful, but he's not the main villain. And he's been very effective, because you don't see too much of him. Yeah, right, he's, yeah. Got a, he's got a presence, even without being there. Like, yeah. you know if he's involved in some way, that like, they're in danger. And his appearances have been really well done in Rebels. He's, like, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think Rebels yeah. has set pretty good precedent, actually, for bringing these big characters in. Um, to yeah, that time right. period without letting them completely overshadow or dominate the story that's being told. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, what's the final that's verdict? Nice. Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. Do we want them or not like yeah. over much. Cool. Yeah. Great. It's a good verdict. Okay. So, with that, we still won't be talking about ladies with thick waists, but <laughs> 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 welcome to a Mike Stackpole book. Um, so yeah. we starting the second book of the X-Wing series and it starts off with a little bit of action. So in chapter one, we find the rebel Alliance is still holding Borlaeus and there have been a lot of ships in and out around there, both allies, neutral planets, um, and Imperials have been like doing a little recon to see like how things are going and to see like how strong the rebel forces are. Um, but, like, nothing, like, really bad has happened since they've taken the planet. Gotta well, say, Corbin... the first sentence of this book was not nearly as uh, memorable, I guess I'd say, as the first sentence of no, Rogue Squadron. it was yeah. not. It doesn't have to be. It's book two. <laughs> <laughs> You're already hooked. It's true. Yeah, if you if you weren't going to read this book, you already wouldn't be reading it. Yeah. If so, you weren't um... going to read this book, you already <laughs> It makes sense, Denny. (laughs) (laughs) So Corrin and a couple of Y-Wings are doing their usual patrol. And while they're out, there's a freighter, Vengeance Dara 4, um, comes into the system. And Corrin has a bad feeling about it. And although the Dara has, like, a proper security clearance code, um, it only happened after the second try. And so Corrin goes into the story about how this is just like a Corsac robbery case where a thief hack the alarm systems to give them the proper code once they input the wrong one. And so he's like, oh, that must be what this ship just did. And you never hear more about it, because when Corrin gets suspicious and stops the ship for inspection, TIE fighters happen! So most of the rest of the chapter is just space battle, um, and Corrin's doing good, and the two Y-Wings aren't that bad. Um, And Corrin once again prepares for death, but manages to stay alive. (laughs) As always. So we're, As always. We're back in the X-Wing books. <laughs> Corrin makes peace with his maker, and then somehow he pulls through. <laughs> what a surprise. Yeah. 
So not that much in the first chapter, but just a refresher of Cornhorn. Oh, I was going to say there was a nice little clutch of the little lucky charm that he wears. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's good. And I also noticed that there was, in this chapter, I feel like there was more personality given to his astromech than in the entirety of the first book. Like, they had some good banter yeah. going on here. And yeah. Stackpole used the word blat twice. He said <laughs> once, word. once the astromech <laughs> blatted at him, and then the other time he said that it made a blatty sound, and that, <laughs> that was great. He's making a face word. I, I really can't get a handle on, like, X-Wing, like, the dog fights. Like, when he's riding them, I'm like, words are happening, but I can't see any of it in my head. So I yes. just, like, juking. assume... He's just juking, so I have to I... worry about it. <laughs> I know. Like, I don't know, because I'm, I'm really used to reading, like, the big, slow naval battles in the Halo novels, and then it moves down to, like, these, and it's very fast and individual, and a lot is happening, and he's constantly pulling on his throttle, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Oh, no. Nah. Yeah. It's nothing like that. Yeah. What actually I happens when you pull on the throttle? Does that yeah, when bring the ship back, up or down? Him up? Yeah, what's happening? Up. Okay. okay, it is up. So if he pushes on the throttle, he'd be going down? Yes. Okay. Cool. What is the etheric pedal, whatever it's called? I don't know. <laughs> it seems like such like a made, like, obviously it's made up, but it just seems like even more of a randomly made up thing that just yeah. does something magical. Like, TBH, the space battles are my least favorite thing about any book ever. Uh, (laughs) I'm the same way. I have no idea what's going on. I'm just like, they're fighting, 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 fighting. Okay, it's over. Now what's going to happen? Like, (laughs) I have no idea what's actually going on. I try. I really do. But I I just can't get my head around it. In other words, if you came to Rogue Padron to hear us talk about X-Wings, I'm sorry, but we're all about the trashy (laughs) romance. It's what we're here for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I am here for the trashy romance. <laughs> the X-Wings are just like the setting. It's true. <laughs> They're props. So, in chapter two, we get to meet our two new rogues. <gasps> yes. Um, so there's, so the two new rogues are Errol Num, the sister of Nia Num. Yay! And, you know, she kind of earned a reputation with her brother because they smuggled much needed and hard to find goods to the Alliance during the war. And so she has a very well-proven um, record. And, like, Wedge brings up, you know, how she was considered for EXO, but he passed because Solstens can just magically do the things that they do and they can't teach it. I loved this. She just yeah. did not care. And Wedge was just, like, really wanting to get all feely with her. And she's just like, right. no. And she's like, she's I like, don't, I don't do the job. let me explain why I didn't pick you last time. She's like, no, it's fine. Like, whatever. And he's like, no, 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 just let me... And he, like, spills his guts out about it, and she's like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I like her. Care. I like her a lot. Yeah. She's business. No nonsense. So she's gonna have yeah, the- a hard time adjusting to the, the over-sherry, touchy-feely nature of the squadron, I think. Of humans. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they are quite over-sherry, aren't they? <laughs> they are. Super. <laughs> uh, she'll probably be in uh, Cornhorn's bed before the end of the book, right? Whoa. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Corn was that a the no, entire other way from his love interest. <laughs> <laughs> like we said, we're here for the trashy romance. <laughs> <laughs> the other rogue that's joined is Pash Kraken. Cut! I can't do that. Pash. It might be pronounced Kraken, but I'm going to call him Kraken, because I really no, like Pash. No, Pash Kraken no. is so good. Can we, can we call him Pash? 
Why would she have that as a name? It's such an unfortunate name. It rhymes with smash. Or crash. Uh, Pash Kraken. Pash Kraken. (laughs) Pash Kraken, he needs no smacking. So, a bit of a... Your question of the week. Kraken or Kraken. (laughs) So, a little bit of background info on Pash. Um, is that his dad is General Iron Kraken, who is the head of <laughs> Alliance Intelligence. So we so, have daddy issues! Yay! He kind of doesn't, though. Like, he's well-adjusted, because his dad's great. Um, right. <laughs> what? So, while, like, during the war, um, Pash was able to enter an Imperial Naval Academy, like, through connections that his dad set up. And so he ended up lead- leading his entire squadron to defect and join the Alliance. And so from, like, that notorious deed, he ended up with his own A-Wing squadron. And he, although he has to take a demotion down to lieutenant in order to join the rogues, he's still really adamant about joining the squadron. And that's because he's trying to get rid of the idea that surrounds him that he's untouchable, unbeatable, and always right. Um, because he's a super excellent ex- um, A-Wing pilot, and everyone just trusts everything that he does. But that can get a lot of the younger kids who are piloting for him killed in the long run. So, and they always get blamed for him for for it. And no, like no blame ever happens to be on Pash, even it, when it's his orders or his ideas. And so he just wants to prove to himself how good of a pilot he is, um, and not be the one that like everyone leans on anymore. And yeah, that's pretty much it. I think yeah. that's really cool, like, him yeah. doing that. It, it, like, because at first I was like, what are you on about, dude? And then he, like, explained his reasons. I was like, you know what? That, that's fair. I like you. Yeah. Because um, he's always just, everyone just assumes that he's so good and he's the best. But he doesn't feel that way anymore. And that's, you know, going to get people killed. Um, Like, he takes a lot of responsibility for the people who fly with him. And that's, like, really good of him. I'm really interested to see his and Corrin's relationship because they're kind of being set up as kind of opposites here, right? Because yeah, Corrin has absolutely. the exact opposite attitude about everything. Right. Yeah. And especially because you do see them interact a little bit later. And um, like Pash kind of jumps in when Corrin's about to say something because Pash doesn't waste the time of being like, oh, I noticed this. Should I mention it to somebody? Like he's just like, hey, this is a thing. Pash out. Like. <laughs> Hash out. Hash out needs to be a Hash trending out. hashtag before the end of the night. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh my god, I'm tweeting it. Yeah. So while they're talking, <laughs> there is a super brief line yeah. that confirms Rojace's death. What? Because the- like Wedge is just ticking off on his fingers all the people who have died, and he's like, "Oh, yeah. Bro Jace," and I'm like, "Is that all he gets? Is that all he deserves?" Please tell me we learn more about this later on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, like, highlighted it, and it's just my note for it, because it's my Kindle. My note is just, like, 20 question marks. Just, like, what's happening? Why? We do... It does go into depth a little bit later, but, like, as as far as, like, that being our first introduction of this thing happened, it's kind of weak. Yeah. 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 Bro was the best. No, okay, not really, but he was really growing on me. Yeah, to be fair, he was the best pilot in the squadron. He had the oh, most right. kills. That's right. Yeah, so come on. It's true. 
And um, Wedge has to consider the possibility that Pash is keeping tags tabs on Rogue Squadron for his father as because not everyone is trusting of all of the rogues and like they know that there's a leak somewhere. Um, and especially with Tycho, you know, some people could be like, oh, I don't know, better send in a secret double agent. But Pash kind of assures him that that's definitely not the case, but he doesn't really care. Um, <laughs> and so Wedge and Psalm have to go um, off planet for a debrief with Akbar. And while Wedge is away, um, Errol is in charge due to Tycho's special status. So I think it's pretty cool that even though she just joined the team, like she's the leader of the squadron um, and she's like the most qualified <laughs> out of everybody. I agree. Yeah. So chapter three is uh, so good. Corn hanging out in his room. <laughs> I, I am Heath, did you enjoy that. chapter three? <laughs> I am here for chapter three. Uh, so the chapter starts out with like a big description of Corin's swank room. Um, yeah. I assume he did it up for the ladies, he did. but who knows? That's ladies so, with multiple Z's. Multiple Z's. In case you couldn't tell by the way Thank I said you. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Corin feels about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Corin and Tycho are attempting to figure out M. Trey's shut up protocol. God, this part was so good. <laughs> and so good. Um, so we find out that before the Battle of Hoth, there was a Lieutenant Loska in the Quartermaster Corps, and she basically created Mtray. She was having a hard time getting the Alliance the supplies they needed and wanted to start functioning more like a commodities broker um, to where she could actually trade for stuff. Um, but the higher-ups were like, this is going to expose all of our secrets, which is kind of true. Um, but she still felt like it was necessary because who cares if you don't, if you have all these secrets, if you can't even keep people on the base alive. So she built Mtray and added in the secret broker code that could be accessed through scrounge or the shut up protocol. And unfortunately she died in the battle of Hoth. And so, but like no one so far has discovered Mtray's secret until Tycho and Corin have. Which is pretty surprising. That M has yeah. gone this many years without someone saying shut up to him three times in a row. Right. <laughs> and so they decide that like he's not gonna be a threat um for like more leaked information because like they they're kind of gonna tinker it so they he'll only go into scrounge protocol only really specific times when they need him to, and you know, not let him get access to the shut up protocol or whatever. So they're going to keep him around and not let anybody know about it for this period of time because he's still super useful. We got um, some serious creepy M trade too, though, because they described like when he went into the shut up protocol, like I don't, I don't, I didn't highlight it. I don't remember, but like the way that M trays head like lolled onto his shoulders and <laughs> it was just uh, great imagery. Yeah. <laughs> God. Like he kind of went went to his weird coma. Yeah, it's like a hypnotist act, I think. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. The droid here does. The droid's arm snapped to its sides, and its head canted forward sharply until its chin almost touched his chest plate. And I just like imagine a little bit of drool coming out of its mouth. <laughs> Basically, so Corin found out this info because he sliced into the Hoth files. And he casually remarks that he couldn't manage 
um, to get into Tycho's. And Tycho, of course, is disappointed in Corin um, that he didn't just ask him. And Corin uh, uh, was so smooth. Yeah, right. <laughs> just by the way, I, I just happened to not be able on, to get. Uh, uh, shut up, Corin. <laughs> And Tycho says to him, you could think about what you know about me and decide for yourself if I can be trusted or not. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, when Corin thinks about it, like, despite how amazing and, like, totally selfless and heroic that Tycho is, he still has doubts um, of him because of the unknown. Uh, so Corin's uh, still being a jerk. <laughs> it's and, so uh, dumb. It's so dumb. Yeah. And so now we finally learn um, a little bit more about Tycho's backstory. Um, he was assigned to fly a tie into Coruscant. This is post-Endor, obviously. Um, and he made some orbits and landed on the planet and had all of his, like, um, info that he gathered sent out. And he was supposed to fly back to gather more intel on his way out, but he was found out by the Imperials. So he was shot with an ion cannon stunned and taken to Lusankia, which is Isarad's private, like, prison cavern thing. I don't know. <laughs> and, okay. Um, I was gonna say something, and I was like, this is not good for... <laughs> I was also gonna say <laughs> Fifty Shades of X-Wings. <laughs> there is no Grey Squadron, thank you very much. <laughs> not that we know of. Yeah, so... Uh, Tycho was there for about three months, but apparently he was useless to, to her. And so he was sent to a penal colony where he escaped from there. Um, and so Corin's heard of Lusankia from stories of people who ended up hurting their loved ones or engaging in acts of terrorism. They become like basically human time bombs when they're activated. But they're, after they die, they've always found ties to Lusankia. Um, but nothing could ever connect them before they actually commit the acts, which is different from Tycho because Tycho's the only person who actually remembers being at Lusankia. Isn't uh, that proof enough? God, it's I not calm. Uh, uh. Yeah. So Tycho knows he wasn't altered, but like he can't prove it or disprove it. But what if he is? What if? Seth. Seth. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I'm just always in for the drama in these books. Well, I mean, that's the concern, right? Is that it was all elaborately played that, um, he remembers escaping, he remembers Usankia, and so the alliance welcomes him back with open arms, and then they trust him, and then he ends up doing something terrible. I wouldn't put a past I saw it, honestly. Yeah, she's really awful. So, <laughs> it's definitely a concern. That, that would, that would concern give us a lot of sorry. feels. Yes. yes I, want, I want We've those been feels. warned. We've been warned because, for feels. No. Keith, you Basically, should be preparing yourself. Like, people don't survive after, you know, they carry out whatever order they were assigned to. So, Yikes. it's bad news, Bears. No. <laughs> and now we'll have a dramatic reading. <laughs> oh, before, I just I also wanted to say that it was cool that we got Tycho's whole backstory, like, right away. I'm glad they didn't drag it out for another whole book. Yeah. Like, he's just yeah. like, all right, here it is. Yeah, it was so good. It was like reading the prologue to X-Wing Civil War. Oh, my gosh. You could there were, you could like feel the tension too, because mm-hmm. Tycho's just like laying it all out there, and Corin's like, mm, "I don't right. know that I believe you." Yeah. Well, Corin obviously has the power in that situation, so. Right. Yeah. It's a bummer because Corin makes poor choices. Corin is pretty awful. Oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> so then we got this beautiful monologue. 
Are we ready? Yeah. Corin's eyes narrowed. So, you don't even know, really, if you're an Imperial agent waiting to happen or not? I know I'm not. The Alderanian's shoulders slumped. Being able to prove it is something else again. But being constantly under suspicion, that's got to wear on you. Why put up with it? How can you put up with it? Tycho's expression drained of emotion. I put up with it because I must. Enduring it is the only way I can be allowed to fight back against the Empire. If I were to walk away from the Rebellion, if I were to sit the war out, I would have surrendered to the fear of what Yasani Izard might have done to me. Without firing a shot, she would have made me as dead as Alderaan, and I won't allow that. There's nothing in what I have to live with on a daily basis that isn't a thousand times easier than what I survived at the hands of the Empire. Until the Empire is dead, I can never be truly free, because I'll always be under suspicion. Living with minor restrictions now means someday no one has to fear me. Plant yourself like a tree by the river of truth, Heath. <laughs> I feel the justice flowing inside of me. I don't know what that means, what Meg just said, but it was beautiful. It's from the Captain America. It's like the Cap oh. speech. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It's a good speech. I, I quoted it once for one of my drama performances. Wow, I'm speech. a terrible Captain America fan. <laughs> Danny. This is not news to anyone. No. <laughs> no, it's, it's not new. <laughs> it's a continuous disappointment. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so after that stirring monologue, basically Corrin's okay with it for right now. Corrin's <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah basically. We'll give that and a couple chapters to simmer. Right <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now we jump uh, back to Wedge, and he's at the debrief with the actual uh, provisional council. And so the council is Mon Mothma, Leia, Borsk Fela from Bothaway, Doman Berus, who is the Karelian representative, Um, and there's a Kashyyyk rep, a Solistan rep, and then one dude who couldn't make it. I didn't go back for his name because I didn't care that much. (laughs) Pash out. Pash pash out. (laughs) Pash out. Um, so Leia's on assignment to communicate with Warlord, uh, Zinge. I guess it's Zinge. I don't know. Um, and he's kind of a big deal because he has a Super Star Destroyer called the Iron Fist. And so that's the last Super Star Destroyer there is. The other one was the Executor. And so he's doing okay for himself, but he's obviously someone that the Alliance needs to keep tabs of. But unfortunately, all of her messages have gone unanswered, although the Bothans assure her that he's gotten them. Oh, then it must be true. (laughs) (laughs) They need to stop. Thus begins a string of wonderful Bothan incompetence throughout this chapter. Yeah. (laughs) It's it's truly amazing. They're they're so dumb. They're so dumb. (laughs) So, Akbar has obvious animosity with Borsk. Um, Which, pause. I would love to see what? a fight between these two. It'd be amazing. Like, I would love to see Akbar and Felia like at a bar and just like get into a major brawl that turns into like all the Mon Calamaris and all the Bothans just like duking it out. <laughs> well, we know like who would win. Jets. Wait, Felia is the awful Bothan from Thrawn, right? Yes. 
Okay. Uh. Keith, you're being so redundant. Did I ask that question the last time? No, awful no you said awful boffin. Awful boffin. Oh, they're so bad. Yeah. So, Borsk is being a jerk about how they let Corin let the freighter get away at Borlaeus um, because they find, they find out that it's actually recon by Zinj. Um, and Akbar shuts them down by saying, I would point out that to so easily dismiss rogue squadron sacrifices is to denigrate the sacrifices made by all peoples who have died in the service of the rebellion because all the Bothans have to cling to is the fact that they sacrifice their lives for the second Death Star. So if he makes light out of anyone not sacrificing or sacrificing their life, it makes them look really bad. And that's all they have. I love so, that. It's so whiny. Yeah. <laughs> like, if he gets... If he's too mean to the rogues, then he's going to devalue his own power. So he right. has to kind of play nice, but he's still a big jerk. Yeah. Whereas, like, the Mon Cal are the entire backbone of the fleet. Like, all of the flagships, many of the assault cruisers are all Mon Cal made. So... Right. I just imagine, uh, like, a bunch of people coming up to him, like, constantly being like, wait, why are you on the Provisional Council again? He's like, <laughs> dude, many well, Bothans like died! Bothans, many Bothans died! They, they were useless, and then they died, and now they're like, this is why we should be on the Council, because they were not good. Right. I don't know. I just, yeah. I don't like the Bothans. Right. Whereas, I like, used to love Bothans before I read X-Wing, and now they've ruined it for me. <laughs> Whereas, like, other members of the Council, so each member of the Council is supposed to represent a planet. Leia represents the survivors of Alderaan. Um, they're all planets who were obviously sympathetic toward the Rebellion, like, during the war, like, at the beginning of the war. Well, there was still a Senate. Um, or, like, peoples who have actually aided them, like, Kashyyyk and stuff like that, so... Bothans are just kind of in it right now. I don't know why. So, Akbar's special report... It gives us something to talk about, so I guess we shouldn't be too upset at that. Yeah, something to cry about (laughs) when there's no romance. So, Akbar's job is to get... is to figure out how to bring Coruscant down. And so in his report, he's talking about how people look to Coruscant for leadership, no matter who runs it. So whether it's the Empire, the Rebellion, or even a warlord, they're all going to assume that they're the most powerful person because they occupy that planet. And just side note, they talk about Isard's severe beauty, and I still don't understand what that means. But that's fine. So Coruscant, as far as defenses go, has um, Golan defense platforms, which surround the planet. Um, so they're basically kind of each the firepower of a Star Destroyer, but they're not mobile. And there's seven Victory-class Star Destroyers, ground troops, tons of small fighters, and overlapping defense shields surrounding the planet. So the Lions are kind of SOL right now. The defense shields need to be taken down before they can even think about taking the planet. And so a direct attack on the planet will cost them everything. The casualties would be too much for them to bear, and they could never keep the planet, even if they did win it. So Akbar's plan is to blockade the planet, since Coruscant is not self-sufficient for things that matter, only evil politicians. And although, like, this is Akbar's best idea, there are two major problems with this. And it would keep the Republic Navy too busy, and 
like to defend their other planets and it would make them really easy prey for if Isar recalled the Imperial Navy or if another warlord wanted to come in and take them out. They'd be like pinned against the shields basically, wouldn't they? Yeah, basically. Yeah. And because there's so much traffic, it'd be pretty hard to plan like a hyperspace route out um, from where they are. And, and the other big thing that like Leia kind of pulls up is that the people of Coruscant are going to suffer with a blockade, right? It's not all of the big wigs who have money and resources and stuff. It's all the normal folks um, who aren't going to be able to get food or back to or, like all the things that they need to survive. And so, you know, it's a kind of an, Akbar finds it to be an impossible situation where the solution with minimal bloodshed is un- unacceptable. And the one with brute force could lead them to taking the world, but not be able to hold it. And, you know, he ends it with Coruscant, if taken in haste, will fall to another just as quickly, and we have all fought in this rebellion will be for naught. So basically, if they expend all the resources on this, there is no more rebellion if they can't keep the planet. It sounds like what Akbar is saying is, look, this guy's got a four book deal, so we got to drag this out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So they're just, you know. There aren't any good ideas <laughs> right now. Right now, but one may happen. They will. Tycho probably has some foreshadowing. These chapters were so good. Yeah, they were so good. It had like all the stuff thing. that we love about Rogue Squadron. Like all minus the trashy romance, there was not enough trashy romance. But it like all It'll the come. other stuff, it will. It mm-hmm. will definitely come. Unless you're that Meg just did that. Yeah, <laughs> like I have to admit, weird tension in the air between Corn and Tycho. I mean, we could. I'm not going but, to. But Corrin's <laughs> not good enough to Tycho, so I don't want to. So is that really who you want Tycho to hook up with, Heath? No, not even remotely. I want to point out that, that somebody did have a slender waist in this, but it was Tycho. It was Tycho. Yeah, Tycho. Slender. Slender was yeah. used three times. One was to describe Tycho, one was to describe Isard, and one was to describe someone's hair. That it was slim? It was, it was, was slender. <laughs> yeah, their hair was slender. What? Oh my god. I don't even remember that. I'm, uh, I'm highlighting every time the word slender comes up now, so that's how I I'm surprised I noticed that. I only noticed it for Tycho. I, maybe I blacked out for, like the other ones. I was <laughs> like, oh god. You blatted out. Um, <laughs> I have to say, <laughs> I was a little disappointed that we didn't get any indication as to whether Corin was um, with, uh, what are the names? Erisi or... Oh, it'll happen! It'll okay. happen. Okay, I good. mean, we don't know if it's going to happen anyway. Oh, I'm forgetting her name. I feel really bad now. The lady we like. Mirax and Mirax, yeah. Mirax and Arisi, yeah. Um, I have done show notes for the next two weeks, and don't worry about it. Okay. I will <laughs> I'm sleep so over. excited. Good. Yeah. And, like, these chapters are really great. Like, the book really gets you. Like, this book, um, definitely more so than Rogue Squadron, um, you just want to keep reading. Uh, so it's actually... This book's pretty good, even in the beginning. Yeah. So, Heath, I believe you have some discussion questions for us. I do. So last week our question was, what jobs do you think Poe did before joining the New Republic Navy? We got a ton of responses this week. Greg said, Poe is the hot foreign waiter at the local cantina who's super friendly, and you can't tell if he's into <laughs> you or just really nice. <laughs> I feel like, does Greg have experience this? That is <laughs> yeah. so good. That is like... It's so on the nose for like what Poe is. Right, like, should I should I leave my phone number or was he just like? <laughs> is he, is he just like this with everyone? 
Is he flirting or is he the nicest guy ever? It's so good. Accurate. Jay said Poe would be a tour guide. He grew up on Yavin, so a lot of tours probably visited, and it would let him fanboy about Rebels, X-Wings, and Leia. That's adorable. I like that. Sarah said he flew produce from farms to stores and spaceports for off-world shipment, but got fired for too much fancy flying. (laughs) I feel you, Poe. All of these are so good. Skywalker Strike said he was a farmer of force-sensitive trees. Oh, that's, that's a, a reference. That's a Empire reference. Yep. Yeah. I understood that reference. <laughs> Brian said that Poe did shirtless modeling for the Galaxy Far, Far Away equivalent of Abercrombie and Fitch. Just like some girls. And if you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tell us a little more about this one. <laughs> if you... <laughs> you follow me on Twitter, you'll see that I photoshopped that for everybody. <laughs> oh my god, I missed that. It's pretty good. If you go to twitter.com slash Williams, then go to the Just the Media section, scroll down, you'll eventually see the Abercrombie and Fitch yeah. website, but Poe is on it. It's pretty anyway, good. <laughs> Nancy said that Poe grew up on a farm, so he's probably a nerf herder. Good. That's one more thing he has in common with you, Keith. Yep. Yeah, the list keeps growing. (laughs) Ben told us that he thinks Poe probably volunteered at an animal shelter rescue at some stage before enlisting. And Danny, I think you had a really good response to this tweet, actually. (laughs) Yeah, I said, actually, what if it was an astromech rescue shelter? And that's where he met BB-8! Oh! So cute! So good, right? I love it. (laughs) Jonathan Nerf Baker told us that Poe was a lounge singer, but then after he joined, he was still a lounge singer. And he was also the unofficial squadron masseuse. Whoa. <laughs> Pretty sure Nerf was just it flipping was, into fantasy at that point. Yeah. It's, it's, it's <laughs> Although I could see it. Like, you know, Jess is like coming out for like hours in the sim. And he's like, oh, hey, you work really hard. And he like starts rubbing her shoulders. Oh, that's and, like, so Poe. The nice guy kind of way. And Jess is like, I have confusing feelings right now. Right. Yeah. Or yep. But then she's like, what's going on? And then he goes over and does it to, to Snaps, too. <laughs> <laughs> then she's like, oh, never mind. <laughs> no longer <Oops>. confused. <laughs> um, Pete told us that he thinks Poe was giving Yavin Widows rides to the Church of the Force in his land speeder while shoveling landing pads and rescuing Lothcat. <laughs> He's so just good. Like, just like the, the nice guy. Yeah. Poe Dameron, nice guy. guy. And then finally Nick said that he was a mob boss, folk singer, and artificial intelligence genius. I wonder where <laughs> these came from. a little change of pace there. Those so might be nice. alternative realities. Yeah, I feel like those are alternate universes. Poe Dameron, the mob boss. <laughs> no, he's the nicest mob are, boss ever. Those are all references to other Oscar Isaac roles. Yes, yeah, right. we know. That's yeah. why I'm oh, okay. saying the alternate that, realities. Okay, <laughs> you seemed actually confused. I was like, no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so thank you for all those responses, and we have another question this week. It's, how do you think the other rogues decorate their rooms? We got a little peek into... Corin's room <laughs> this week, and we were we were certainly not the first. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think the other rogues decorate their room? I want to say that like Noir oh. Ven has like a giant fountain, 
of like Twi'leks in his room. <laughs> like Twi'lek ladies or something? Yeah. Just, like, <laughs> no, of dudes. Oh. Um, like the Twi'lek equivalent to like the Lady of Justice, right? Oh my gosh. Because he loves the law. <laughs> but a beautiful fountain version. And every time Rosati comes in, she's like, what is this? I hope Rosati has like fairy lights all over her room. Oh, that'd be cute. That's what I want. I Aracy, imagine like, that Aracy has, like, posters of boy bands. <laughs> I don't know. I think she has, like, furs and silks all over the place. Uh, she believes yeah. one of those nice, like, whatever they're called, like, those fancy discs that and you a waterbed. on. Bro Jace, rest in peace, definitely just has a weightlifting machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or a bed, a even. bench press. He just sleeps on it. <laughs> he sleeps he on a bench press, yeah. <laughs> Or he sleeps in one of the ones where, like, you can hang upside down, right? Oh, my gosh. Like, uh, my- you just hang like a bat. Yeah. <laughs> Good for your core strength. <laughs> Wait, he was the one from Thyphera, wasn't he? He was the other one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh, man. I forgot about that. Here, I thought, like, I thought they were setting up him and Eresy, like, they were, weren't they, like, competing back to families? I thought this was going to be a whole yes. thing later on that, like... It was gonna blow up and be a plot point, but I guess not. Huh. I guess not. <laughs> Blew up instead. Yep. Oh, Saf, too soon. I'm too sorry. soon, Saf. Wow. Remember Lou Jane? Wow. Hey, don't, don't. That too soon. Wow. Wow. It's getting rough in here. Anyway, my answer to this question is that I will under very rare circumstances vouch for a Marvel Star Wars crossover, but I like to imagine that Tycho's room is just full-on Captain America, like, <laughs> shield on the wall, framed comic books, because, like, that's his hero. That's his man. So his room looks like your room? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I am Tycho. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that's pretty great. In addition to that question, I would love to hear from anyone who is reading along these books with us for the first time. We've heard from a lot of people who have read them before and are excited to, to hear us experience them the first time. But I just want to know if anyone out there is experiencing them for the first time along with us, because we want to hear from you, too. So holler at us. Yes. That would be really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, you can hit us up at our Twitter account, which is the main place to hit us up about these things, which is at Rogue Podron. You'll find us at our website, which is farfarawayradio.com forward slash categories forward slash rogue dash podron. Our iTunes is the Far Far Away Radio iTunes feed, and our email is roguepod at farfarawayradio.com. Holla at your pod. Holla at your pod. <laughs> we'll yeah, holla back at you. I'm, we are. Go- <laughs> I am going to great lengths to dissuade any spoilers or make people think one way or the other, so I'd like to hear from first-time readers to... See if I'm doing an okay job. <laughs> yeah. You're definitely throwing me. Like, I don't know what's coming at all. Good. Totally. Excellent. Yeah, and one way oh, yeah. to prevent right. yourself from knowing that further is to not Google the it's names stop of Googling characters. Stuff. Sorry, I wanted to see what... <laughs> I just wanted to see characters' faces. Like, I wanted to look them up to see their faces. They're and know what they characters. Like. The... But some of them have been in comics, I think. Yeah, you're right. And so I wanted to see, like, if they had faces, and then I, like, started reading a sentence, I was like, this is not a good sentence to read, I'm, I'm leaving, and so I closed the entire browser, which lost me a whole bunch of work as well, but whatever. <laughs> that was my bad. Okay, okay, I forgive you. I'm sorry. So next time, make sure you read X-Wing Wedges Gamble, chapters 5 through 9.
And with that, Pash out. Pew, pew, yes. pew, 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 pew. Pash, 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 pash. <laughs> no! Rogue Leader signing off. Rogue Six signing off. Rogue Seven signing off. Rogue Three signing off. Because, because he's, he's not, not like he's really not part, part of Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah. But his name is Darth. Right. My name is Wanda Luston. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that username does not Danny. <laughs> what about your username? <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that. Are we sure Remember? we're really in the Star Wars fandom? I mean none of us actually have a Star Wars name. <laughs> Maybe none of us. We're the, the worst Star Wars fans. fans. Yeah. Remember when you tried to like give up your username, Danny, for a bit, and it yeah. just like wasn't working. It did not work. I tried then... that once as well. And it, I actually I was Wanda Sledden for like two days. Wait, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> Wait, like really? <laughs> Wanda what? Way back, Wanda Sledden, because my friend typoed it, and I was like, "Ha, oh, that's hilarious!" So I changed it for like two days. But no, and... like I kept missing tweets because people would keep tweeting at Wanda Luston, and it just wasn't it wasn't working. Speaking of blue ladies with thick waists, I have a question for you. I'm into this. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. Because <laughs> if you're asking the question, I think you're asking it. That is not <laughs> relevant at all. Have you not noticed the theme, Heath? They've never been relevant. <laughs> but this one was even less, so sometimes there's like some little tie. Okay, go up. <laughs> go on. <up. laughs>